Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi, genre junkies. It's Sandra. And this is Scott. And welcome to a fantasy episode. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. Historical fantasy. Historical fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are going to talk about Dark Earth by Rebecca Stott. So before we get into tonight's historical fantasy book, Scott, do you have anything you want to share with the genre junkies? Something that they should be doing with their lives? So I have caught up on the Orville season three mm-hmm. um i think the orville has you know it's it's complicated because some of the humor especially at the very beginning of the show was you know very much that type of humor but uh i feel like the show has really evolved into a true um star trek style show i really love it Aww. i cried multiple times Aww. I really recommend um, watching the Orville if you're into those those type of shows, like Star Trekish. Yeah, because it starts off it like it starts off season one being very much kind of like poking fun at Star Trek in a way, mm-hmm. but it very quickly turns into Star Trek with humor. It's Star Trek how. Honestly, we'd probably be if it wasn't militarized. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we're we're funny people. Humans are funny, and we have you know real relationships, and it's fun for that reason. I I really like it, and I recommend it. Well, that's cool. Um, well, I can speak on both of our uh, behalfs for this next recommendation. Uh, what we do in the shadows and American Horror Stories mm-hmm. are both back. And they're both fantastic. What We Do in the Shadows is such a treat. It makes me laugh so hard every time. I, it's just it's just like you're watching it and you just know you're going to laugh. You just know you're going to be happy for like 30 minutes of your life. <laughs> um, and then, of course, American Horror Stories is more just, it's just brilliant content. Brilliant, brilliant. So the rumor is... They're still going to launch the next season of American Horror Story this year. But, you know, normally by this point, they've teased it a lot more. So everybody's like, what's going on? They haven't really Mm -hmm. said anything. They've like listed a couple of the people that are going to be in it. And that's it. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're pulling it together. I'm not sure if they want it to be a surprise because it feels like if they wanted it to be a surprise, like that Ryan would be doing more stuff to tease it. So I don't know what's going on. You know, I wonder if maybe they just don't necessarily need to tease it very hard since they have stories. I think American Horror Stories, plural, is a really fun way to keep it in the in people's minds. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to, like, start to build the, the suspense for the next season as much. And I'll just say for myself, I love American Horror Story. And there's many of those seasons that I, I love and cherish very much. Mm-hmm. I think that... that American Horror Stories, plural, mm-hmm. might be the direction they want to go with it going forward. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think we've got to choose. I think we can just yeah, have that, both. That's true. And then another exciting news for me, um, there's been some Yellow Jackets news Ooh. released. And that's really, really exciting. Um, 
So still don't know a whole lot yet, but they're teasing a few things. They've made a few casting decisions that um, are implying that some characters are going to be joining us, which have not been on the show yet. Oh. So very, very excited about that. Everybody try to help me convince Scott over here to uh, to watch Yellow Jackets again. It made him too anxious. but um, It really is. It's like... It's it's designed to make one anxious. It just the the pacing of it and the way that it jumps uh, perspectives is just a little bit too much for me. Maybe I, I'll try. Maybe I'll give season two a good honest try. Well, you got to see season one first though, because there's it's a mystery, so they plant little seeds. I mean, couldn't you just kind of fill me in though? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Also, what's really cool is Yellow Jackets and other shows that we like, including Squid Game and other things, um, got nominated. A lot of good genre programming got nominated for Emmys this year, which is going to be like really cool. Is it Emmys or is it Golden Globes? Emmys. Emmys. I think it's the Emmys. Yeah. And so that's like really neat. Like, hey, genre junkies are out there making shows popular and they're getting recognized, which is something we don't always get. And they've always been good. Now they're just getting popular. Yeah. Okay. Now for tonight's main attraction, Dark Earth by Rebecca Stott. The year is 500 AD. Sisters Isla and Blue live in the shadows of the ghost city, the abandoned ruins of the once glorious mile-wide Roman settlement Londinium on the bank of the River Thames. But the small island they call home is also a place of exile for Isla Blue and their father, a legendary blacksmith accused of using dark magic to make his fire-tongue swords, formidable blades that cannot be broken, and cast out from the community. When he dies suddenly, the sisters find themselves facing enslavement by the local warlord and his cruel power-hungry son. Their only option is to escape to the ghost city, where they discover an underworld of rebel women living secretly amid the ruins. But if Isla and Blue are to survive the men who hunt them and protect their new community, they will need to use all their skill and ingenuity, as well as the magic of their foremothers, to fight back. So. So, um, you know, not, not a terribly feminist story. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. It's funny. So I kind of wanted to say something that I, I thought was really cool before we start. There's an author's note at the beginning of this book um, that Rebecca writes um, where she talks about kind of setting the scene a little bit and what kind of inspired her to write this story. Around AD 410, after nearly 400 years of occupation, the Romans withdrew the remaining imperial staff and armies from Britain. For further 400 years, the ruins of the mile-wide city of Londinium lay abandoned. Neither the native Britons nor the steady stream of migrants who came to live among them had any use for the carved stone and towering walls, symbols of a fallen colonial power. Sometime between AD 450 and in 550, however, a Saxon woman must have walked across the fallen roof tiles of a derelict Roman bathhouse on the north bank of the Thames because she dropped her brooch there. Archaeologists discovered it while excavating the site in 1968 after the demolition of the London Coal Exchange. Now the brooch sits in a small frame on an otherwise empty white wall in the Museum of London. So that was the whole catalyst for this story. Um, and I think it would behoove readers to keep all of this in mind. It's always fun when something 
something seemingly small but real inspires an entire story like this. That's always such a great prompt. Well, yeah. And like when we interview authors, you know, we like to know sometimes like where do stories come from? Where did, you know, where did this where did this happen? You know, and sometimes it is something like that. It's a picture. It's like, it's something that kicks it off, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and we'll start out with your experience score, Scott. And Or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Um, so my experience with this book, I- I'm going to call it a good read as far as the experience. Um, I-, I think... I think it's a very good book. Uh, it didn't grab me in any kind of page turner sense. Uh, it was more of like an enjoyment while I was while I was reading it, or in my case, for the most part, listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I wouldn't. It, it's it is a a slower, smoother read mm-hmm. than a, than it, like you know your your typical page turner obsession. Um, I think that's really interesting because I'm somewhere like the same. I don't know if I've, if, if I have, it's been a really long time since I found a book to be this, a good read, but also an obsession, hmm. but skips page turner. <laughs> um, for me, this book was chewy. Hmm. This was a chewy book. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty fast reader. And for this one, I just really, I would like read a page twice. And it was almost like because, I don't know, something about me trying to paint this in my head. Um, and that's and not a bad thing at all, that a book made me slow down um, and, and think, and it paints such a picture. And of course, I was also having a really fun time. Um, I went down a lot of rabbit holes while reading this book because I love ancient history, as a lot of people know here. And the Saxons are somebody that I don't know a whole lot about. Um, I mean, they're Germanic people <laughs> and they, they, they trotted over uh, from the Germany, Netherlands, Denmark area of what, of what we would call those places today. Um, my, but I love all ancient cultures and all ancient peoples and studying and learning about them. And I love the Britons and the Picts and any Celtic peoples Um but you know, my real heart lies in like Greco-Roman. But there's there's so much I love. Like I said, every culture and civilization's history is fascinating to me. So I'd be like, huh, I wonder what was going on in this part of the world during that time. And then I'd be like, looking up something about the Saxons, and then I would like find an article about some Saxon artifact or some other Saxon thing. And so it was like, I think that's one of the reasons why it took me so long, is because I was so happy to like you know, kind of give myself little bird walks. Yeah. There, you know, th- there's a there's a little bit of a gap in my knowledge when it comes to the history of Europe and, and talking about the Dark Ages particularly. Part of that's because, I mean, there's a reason it's called the Dark Ages. There's really not a whole lot of information. There's missing stuff in our, yeah. in our human history, absolutely. But also it's just not something that I am, you know, I, I am as knowledgeable about. You know, it's always amazing to me to think about how far Rome really did go. At one point, they sure did from the Horn of Africa to the tip of Great Britain. It's incredible, yeah, and it's not something I think about or or normally even read about. And it's really interesting to to read a story that yeah. um deals with the effects of colonialization, uh, but you know, so far removed, you know, 
1500 years ago. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, I love Greco Rome and I'm not, I'm not saying they're like, Oh, I just love how they colonized, but I mean, like, I'm not saying that at all, but their colonization is fascinating too. Mm -hmm. And the way they, um, occupied and assimilated people in ways that like is hard to even grasp for us now because it was so long ago and they did this conquest and they extended their empire without a cell phone without a, a car without an airplane without even radio yeah they just- <laughs> <laughs> they just did it and it's like you know some sometimes we are a bit pampered in our day-to-day life and you think about you know for for good or bad they did that (laughs) and you know and there's been times where it's like you think about the characters in this book these are like ruins these are like hundreds of years old these sun king cities Mm -hmm. as they call the romans and it's like so this was way before that. And then there was like times in Rome and other the civilizations of that era where they found ruins of things. And it's just like, shut the f*** up. People are so damn old. Like, it really can floor you. And like so many stories and so many uh, cultures and so much lineage and so, so much human history is just completely fascinating. Books like this really speak to me for a couple of reasons. One, as she spoke about in her author's um, afterward, her acknowledgments, that you don't get a lot of books about women in this time period. Yeah. It's a lot about the men. And it's like, well, the women weren't just keeping the hearth. They had, well, and not like that was an easy thing to just keep the hearth. But I mean, like they had so much to do and they were so interesting. And yeah, are you telling me that even though it was forbidden, no great Smith had his daughters I learning, know. you know, stuff like that. That's and like lost. this, it's, it's you know, even, I mean, you don't even have to go back 1500 years to think of, oh, you know, things were different back then and women just did these things. Like we, just like we humans have been doing amazing things, terrible things, but amazing things for way longer yeah, than yeah. we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. Um. We've been human for that entire time period, too. And it has not always been a patriarchal society. And no, as long as it has been, been yeah. uh, there's always been uh, people who have kind of questioned that or, yeah. you know, you know, rankled. Maybe I can't talk about it, but, you know, people know that they were doing the things, even if they weren't su- supposed to. Mm-hmm. In these patriarchal societies and then yeah like just thinking about the whole aspect of like the kin law and stuff like that and like you know these little fiefdoms and and tribes and things very very interesting how humanity will divide and conquer wherever we can um and then the second reason that this book was like so fascinating to me is it gave me a little bit of an existential crisis but in like the best way I don't want to say crisis, catharsis. And I get these sometimes when I study history and when I learn about history. It's one of the reasons I love to is because there's so many people that's come before you. There's so many people. And you are not more important than any of those enslaved people in Britain were. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're not any less important than you are. Um, Everybody has a part to play. All of these people in history were individuals. They had personalities. They had likes and dislikes and interests. They're just like us. Um, you know, it's the same thing. I think 
in terms of nature like you know i saw this quote somewhere and i love it but it's true it's like you are not more important than a stegosaurus <laughs> like you know what i mean it makes you feel small but it also makes you feel infinite and i can't quite describe it but it's really exciting to me that feeling um and then of course there's a little bit of the subtle magic in this book too yeah i was um this is not just a vanilla historical fiction. Uh, you know, it they definitely um, go into the ideas of the spiritualism and the beliefs of mm. people back then, or at least you know what it might have been like then. And and there's a reality to those beliefs and those mm-hmm. practices. That's you know, it does make it fantasy, if mm. you will. Uh, that's that's why I think it does belong in that category. And it's nice, but it's simple. I love the spiritual elements of this book. Um, I love that they talk about some synchronicity between gods and goddesses and stuff. They talk about the goddess Isis because she did get around. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> And uh, Freya. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and well, because she, yeah, she has synchronicity amongst Germanic and Norse peoples. Um, there's a character who is Afric, and that is something people forget: is that you know it wasn't just white people in Europe, and I don't think there's been enough historical you know kind of fantasy fiction stories like this where they acknowledge they're black and brown people. Mm, all over all over and And it wasn't and you know there's def there's there's a struggle in this time period per this author of you know the 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 difference between where no one used to care at all about you know the gods that you believe in or the places that you come from and that becoming more important yeah but i appreciate that there isn't a there there isn't a tension when it comes to that in right. this in this book. Yeah, it's just it's cool to see some diversity represented in terms of where people were from and then also their gender and then also their sexual identity. There is a lovely sapphic twist to this book. There is. Look forward to that. Yeah. So as far as appeal score... You know, I have a little bit of a difficult time with appeal in this book. Uh, it's not, I don't even know if it's for fantasy readers specifically. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. throw it into a niche in that in that respect, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to put this in a general appeal. I think that it, there's not a niche that it's specifically targeted towards or it fits into. I'm not quite sure if it's, if it's written in a style that, that is for the mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, to its benefit. Right. And I, I think that there's there's a certain amount of passion that you need to have in history to uh to get into it that brings it a little bit not quite into the broad. Um I think I'm with you. I'm somewhere in the general as well. Um I'm I'm in the general I can see broad. I can see it across the river. Um, I, we've certainly been wrong before as far as, you know, it, something we've said is, you know, general or even niche has become a mass appeal sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um. well, I mean, 
it's always hard to, we can't exactly predict, but I mean, I think we're both saying that it's a wider audience than, de- than just niche. Yeah. Um, I can see people who like history reading this book. I can see people who like fantasy reading this book. Um, I can see, um, some YA crowd in this book, people mm-hmm. who like historical sapphic romance. Like, you know, there's um, there's quite a few places it ranges over, and it's really beautifully written, too. So um, I would like to see, you know, we always want to see people expand their horizons with, you know, uh, with books and, and to get out of their comfort zone sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like this one has a lot of cross Contamination, cross-pollination. That's a nicer way to put it. So let's go ahead and jump over into the spoiler section. And I have to say, um, I don't think I have a lot of major triggers uh, to warn anybody about this time. There's a there's a couple of there's a couple of things that I I am prepared to bring to the table for the spoiler section. So, all right. Well, if you want to hear those triggers, we're going to give them to you first, and then we'll talk spoilers. So, see you on the other side. Hey, bookworm buddy, don't forget subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at genre junkies. Here's those trigger warnings. All right. So first of all, there is descriptions of uh, dark age slash medieval torture and punishments, uh, violence. Uh, There are references to sexual assault, although there are not graphic depictions of it. I think that's pretty fair. All right. That's it. Let's talk spoilers. Um, Hamstringing, though. Yeah. I thought that that whole scene leading up to Isla almost being hamstrung, my God, that was well-written. That was so tense. I was gripping the pages of the book. I swear to God, I was sweating. And then chop, chop, off comes the hand. Yeah. Oh, my. And then they flee. And then the whole time they're fleeing. That was so really exciting action to me it felt like the stakes were actually high i felt like i was in isla's brain as she's spiraling into panic of what is about to happen to her i agree that that whole scene was great and that whole scene you know in my opinion is where the book kind of takes off it was very needed at that point um the first the first part like the like the first part of the f- <laughs> it's funny because it's there's five parts in the book and then those are split into chapters so the first part of the first part yeah um you know i was i was in there it's a lot of world building it's a lot of like setting and and a little bit of character development for the for the two girls mm-hmm. um but really the first and second parts of the book in my opinion really dragged I had a, was having a lot of trouble. Um, I was thinking it was going to be a struggle. The the uh, the my score for that first part of it. It was hard to. For, it was it was boring. <gasps> I know. I hate. That's a really harsh word. That's a harsh word. It's a really harsh word. Can but we say dry? Can we say bo- boring? I'm honestly. I I have to I I I have to stand by that word, okay. just because I I think it's important, and I'm I, I'm going to use that word because I think that going back and looking back at those first two parts, they were necessary for what came later. Hundred percent. I it, it's not that I necessarily think that it 
could have or should have been done differently or better, but there's not a lot that happens. You know, that first part is just kind of all about this is what happened to them in the past, which continues to be told throughout the rest of the book as well. So it's not like it's all dumped on you in that period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do get that that glimpse inside of their minds uh, when it comes to are they going to go against kin law and all of these all of these rules, all these societal rules that are put against them by a society that's been against them their whole lives. I appreciate that, but at the end of the day, the only thing that really happens, um, with one exception, is you know deciding to 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 send their father off in a burning boat. The scene with them though, when uh, when they come to the island looking for their father after their father died. That's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Their 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 dialogue and the way that Blue like is playing with them and scaring them. That's a really fun scene. Oh yeah. Reminds you again that people were people and always have been, <laughs> you know, just because they didn't have some of our modern vernacular inconveniences. Um so I, I did not find the book a slow start for me i was again it i was utterly fascinated i was wormholing rabbit holing bird walking from the start um i thought it was so interesting like this idea that they had been kind of cast out scapegoated mm-hmm. but also their fathers still had a lot of reverence and then i was like you know wanted to know the full story of what happened to their mother, who is Aiseni or Aikini. I've not seen it spelled with a K and I K like that. I I found it spelled with an I C, and that's um a part of Britain that is like where Suffolk and Norfolk is today. Hmm. Um, yeah, and they were cool and they painted themselves and they're fucking awesome. And like, I loved that their mom was both of those. Th- you know that their mom was that and that they were both of those backgrounds um you know what their life was like on the island you know i love anything with um a strong sibling thing especially a sister thing and you know this notion that they're they're both trying to look out for each other but they're at this point in their lives where they're becoming separate people and you started to see that painted out on the island and then it grows Yes, although, and I'm just going to jump around a little bit. How did you feel about um, a large portion of the book where the two of them were, I mean, not necessarily separated by being locked mm-hmm. in a jar, but were being held apart? I think it was it was good because it felt like they were both developing so strongly as their own people because they're young people, mm-hmm. you know, and they're away from home and they're finding themselves. Um, and they're at a place where they're also really empowered with what they do. And it felt it felt good. And there's actually a part where um, one of the characters says to Isla, Blue doesn't need looking after. Like, you know, Isla always decided that Blue did because that was like her job. But it's not your job. And then her sister even tells her, you're a sister, you're not my mom. Yeah. Because she has, like, from the very beginning, she has this idea of of blue as being, in her own words, maybe even a little bit touched. Yes, the term they use. Yes. Um, and, like, just... Maybe she is. And maybe she is, but at the same time, like, she has always had this protective, almost like, well, she can't, she can't, um, 
she has to be provided for kind and of mentality. that's not true at all. And that's not fair to Blue. Blue is um, really good with, as they call it, leechcraft, which is essentially medicine and witchcraft. You know, like, she's really smart. She's really capable. She, maybe she is, um, maybe she is, you know, different. Or maybe she, it's a spiritual difference, but, because she does have the sight. Um, but, you know, it's just like, she's fine. She can do this. She can do things. She's totally fine. And she is falling in love with Caius. And then we've got Isla over here falling in love with Senna. I really liked Senna. Great I character. Like Senna a lot. Uh, uh, I love Crowther, of course, my favorite. And in the audiobook, uh, the the woman who was reading it, I don't have her name in front of me, but uh she she has a really great accent for Senna. Ooh. It's kind of like, you know. I call I call it the 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 secret garden accent that that kind of like it's not Cockney I I'm sorry I'm sorry, sorry my friends this. in the UK I don't know all the names for all of your accents but it's and I'm not going to try and like replicate it yeah but it's that kind of country that that country folk like salt of the earth that they usually use in shows okay do you, you know what I mean like I think so call, like. In in the Secret Garden, Colin. Yeah, that accent. No, Colin's the cousin. Do you mean Dickon? Dickon. Yeah. I mean Dickon. Yeah. Um, mm. Oh, I just got schooled on Secret Garden. Yeah, you did. That's embarrassing. Um, okay, now I'm with you. I'm 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 not quite sure either, but like, yeah, it's it's lyrical and it's musical for us American ears. Yes. Yeah. Um, it also it also puts you know for us it is a stand-in for a type of personality a type of upbringing right and and Senna is different mm-hmm. than their sax way that they were raised yeah um, and that's very interesting uh, I love Crowther um, if I could choose a way to die it would too be in a temple pagan shrine surrounded by God and goddess statues. Um, and then, you know, uh, absorbed by creatures of the earth. <laughs> like, ideally, uh, perfect way to go. Oh, and I am wearing a bird mask. So, yeah, per- perfect. Crowther, you just described my ideal death. Thank you so much for that. I, I like the idea that Crowther might be really old. Like, yeah, like centuries what old. What if it's like for the time, Crowther is just like 40. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm with you. And I love that Crowther, everybody knows Crowther. And she was in the old lands and she's in the new lands. And she she advised Osric until, he, and then he also split off and got a, a Christian uh, priest advisor. And she, yeah, that she was traveled. Interesting. Well, that's the way things he, were working. He had, oh, he has a Wiccan and a Christian. There was a lot of people that that's they were doing both. It was it was weird to me to hear. Uh, I mean, in history, his, not like, in the book. His yeah. Wiccan, like yeah. as a like that's, I I had never heard a term like that before. Like I never yeah. heard that word used like that before. I liked it because it painted a pretty good picture. It's their uh, pagan advisor, their shamanic pagan advisor but a lot of people at that time were worshiping old gods and new gods new gods is in the christian mm-hmm. one and then there was a lot of people that were like no 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 i'm sticking with the old ways and oh and then of course the colonization only got even worse and all of that stuff but it was interesting i like to glimpse things set in that period like um movie i treasure the green knight 
that's set at that time period too, where it's like peep, it's kind of in in flux. Well, it's it's during Arthurian times. Yeah, I mean Arthur's even referenced in this book. You know, yes, he's, very yes, he's coming. He's coming. I loved that. I also loved that they didn't put her by name, but they referenced Boudica as well and oh. Queen Boudica. That was the the woman warrior queen they were talking about. Oh, yeah, I love her. Uh, she's fierce. Love her. Google her if you don't know her. She um she stood against the Romans. Um, she was a Briton, a Celt. Um, so yeah, I I just found this book beautiful. I loved how they got the bad guys at the end. It was trickery. It was smart. They used their wits. They used their intelligence, and they used their fear of women. <laughs> yes. They did. They were already scared to go, and they were just doing a lot of smoke and mirrors, really. Well, and that's that's one of the things I really love. Like, I, I appreciate that there was real uh, spirituality. I don't know if I I don't know if I'll go as, so far as to call it magic, but there was real uh, there was real spirituality in this book, and yet so many of the things of the superstitions of uh, of the magic that all of the men are afraid of. Is women. Not, is it, it's it's just women. There's it's not real. Yeah. They created this whole like they at the end they were the Strix. Yeah. And, and did, did the Strix really even exist? No, they probably didn't. It's probably always women be like these stupid people. And I had heard of the term Grendel's mother, but I hadn't heard Jenny Greenteeth. I had not heard that and one I either. Love that. <laughs> And I love Jenny Green Teeth. That's my new favorite. Can I get a Jenny Green Teeth tattoo, please? Um, another thing I love about this book from this is Random House published this, and I know this is becoming kind of a thing about the type. And they talk about the type. Face. I like that. God damn, it's I'm so obsessed nerdy. with that. It's so nerdy. It's so book nerdy. It's so next level. Love that. Love that. Oh, my God. And Scott and I, people might not know this, we love crows. We actually love all uh, corvid birds. A lot. All corvid birds, ravens, magpies, them all. Rack, though. Rack. He died. Yeah. He was a good bird. But I, but obviously, Rebecca also loves corvids because yeah. the way that all of the other crows were still, still recognized... Because, you know, through Rack, who obviously talked to the other crows, like, these are kin. These are kin, and we will watch over them and protect them. I die. Get out. Get out. Animals are And that's real. That is 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 absolutely real. That is real. Animals are magic. If you do something mean to a crow, Mm -hmm. there will be crows 30 miles away who will know about you. Yeah, and and I hope they get (laughs) you. I sincerely hope they get you. Um, and also, I mean, I don't want to because I don't want to like, I, I'm saying this facetiously, but I want to go and dig and find all the treasures in the darker. We'll we'll give it back to them, the museums in that country. We won't well, take them home with us. I'm going to take one thing. Maybe one thing. Maybe just one thing. Okay. And what about the fact that Santa collected little hands of statues? Oh, man. I, Hi, are we best that friends? Is, <laughs> that is absolutely, that would be your room. Yeah. So when I say I'm going to take one thing, I mean like one thing a day. <laughs> 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 and just to decorate. And But I would also want some heads 
I'd also like some heads. I would love to dig through that stuff. I really Amazing. would. Amazing. The treasures, things that were old to people that are ancient to us. I just, ah. Uh. And what's magical about this book, like archaeology is always fascinating and it's yeah. really cool. And there are some really great archaeologists and writers who write about it that that have a great way of capturing your imagination but this book the way that it's written the way that it starts like it starts kind of in the near present day of someone finding this brooch um did you say brooch 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 oh my god you're a brooch i is okay yeah brooch it's brooch get out it's brooch get out with your dirty brooch brooch. mouth (laughs) and but it even ends kind of explaining like this happened a hundred years later this happens 400 years later it's happened hundreds and hundreds of years later but tying it in with that reality just makes it so real yes yes she she did the thing exactly right she did it justice I said this earlier and I've said this before on other books. History is wonderful. And when people don't like history, it's because they can't imagine the people then being like us, but they were like us. They were absolutely like us. And when you recognize how much we have in common and how interesting they were, it really comes alive for you. And and for, like I feel like she she did the work for you. She made us characters that we love, and then she's like, no, literally look at how this brooch traveled. Brilliant. And and that's one reason I would hope that maybe young people would read this book and you know develop an interest and a fascination in history. Um, yeah, they were just like us, only. They had cesspits. Sorry about it. What do you want them to do? Well, the Romans had pipes. They had heating. Yeah, they did. That was cool. Oh, they didn't like the cold (laughs) floor (laughs) on their delicate feet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so brilliant. But yeah. Um, One quick thing I want to put out that I knew you would really like about this book and tell me if I'm wrong was all the smithery and the smelting. I really liked the smithery. As you called it. Uh, I wanted a little bit more. I understand why there's not more. It's not really the point, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I. But we got some. We got plenty. We 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 got a fair amount. Yeah. We got how it works. I wanted more. Yeah. I wanted more. And, and making things and how important and crucial it was to be able to make things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the. It's one of the most important jobs in a in a society back then, once yeah. metal became a thing. And things to trade and you have interesting and important and useful things. You need you need people to make the tools. Yeah. And those Romans and their coins though. <laughs> They're like, let's have capitalism. <laughs> let's have money and coins. Um yeah, beautiful book. I'm so happy that I read it. I cried. I knew you would. Because I finished of, it before you and I said, oh. Because of the beautiful wraparound message and that existential joy and everything I talked about, um, it moved me to tears. How many fire tongue swords out of 10? Out of 10. I'm going to give this eight swords out of 10. I am also giving it eight swords out of 10. Oh, interesting. Eight beautiful, indestructible fire tongue swords. Um, 
I think it's important for me to to give it that that score, especially after some of the things that I said about it. I do think that it starts very slow. I think that it's a wall at which some people are going to bounce off of this book and 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 honestly DNR it. Um, that said, if you if you have that same experience that I did, and you might not, it there's a reason it's written that way, and it's a reason that those parts are the way that they are, and they're important, and they inform the rest of the story that makes it real. So um, I'm not docking it anything for that. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, beautiful book. Um, I'm so glad that I read it and I can't wait to pass it on to other people. Thank you all so much for being with us. Um, Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Producer Stitches, who's chilling over here on the couch. She's been so good. We never tell you guys she chills for like every episode. Just she really takes her we, producer job serious. We don't even have to give her hush money anymore. We don't, rarely. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm-hmm.